guys, Derek here from Bomb Socks, and welcome to the Bomb Bites podcast. Hey, if you're new to Bomb Bites, it's a service from our company, Bomb Socks, to help be a resource to use. You're studying along with the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hope you enjoy today's episode. So this week is a crazy week for the Come Follow Me. You've got Matthew 14 and 15, you've got Mark chapter 6, and you've got John chapter 5 and 6. Some of the best stories, some of the best principles right here. So if you're trying to teach this this week, God bless you because the trick is not to figure out what to teach, it's to figure out what to leave out because there's so many great stories here. So we'll do our best to help you through this week and help you understand some wonderful stories. And so I want to start off with these two right here. Their relationship had to be fantastic when you're looking at Jesus and John the Baptist. Not only were they family, they had to be very close friends. They had There had to be like a, a camaraderie between these two as Jesus understood who he was and John understood who Jesus was. I mean, even their births were similar in the sense that both of their mothers really should not have been giving birth. But these two divine individuals coming to this earth to be able to bless people's lives. Once John knew that Jesus was ready to start his ministry, John was like, and I am out. You guys all follow him. I am done. My whole purpose was to prepare the world for him. And now that he's here, in fact, I love one of the coolest verses about John the Baptist. We actually really didn't cover this back in John chapter 3, where verse 30 simply says, he must increase, but I must decrease. Boy, there's a great principle there for you and I. Whenever we teach, it can't be about us. It's got to be about Jesus. And so there's a cool little principle right there, which is why it is so difficult when you get into Matthew chapter 14. All you got to do is look at the chapter heading where it says John the Baptist is beheaded. And the whole story there about the first 12 verses where you've got Herod who hears the fame of Jesus and is fearful of it and kills John the Baptist, beheads him. And it's a horrible, horrible experience. So you know that had to affect Jesus Christ. And again, Jesus Christ is a God, the God, the God of the Old Testament, the one who created things. But I also want to establish his human emotions when he has a close personal family member friend who was killed in such a brutal way. You go down to verse number 12 and it says, the disciples came, took up the body of John the Baptist, buried it, and went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard of it, it says, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. Now, I want to pause there for a second because there is a power and there is a necessity in our lives in mourning. I really think this is one of those moments where Jesus is like, look, I just need to go be alone. I need to take some time. I need to process this, I need to mourn. And I think that's a healthy, healthy thing. But what's interesting with this is the people had seen Jesus and they knew who he was. So what did they do in verse 13? It says, when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And verse 14, when Jesus went forth, now keeping in mind again, he's going to try to be alone, just to have some time to be able to gather thoughts, to mourn. And he saw a great multitude. We'll see how many of them there are tomorrow. There's a lot of them and was moved with compassion towards them and healed their sick. Whenever I read this story, I always think of this young missionary right here. This is young Gordon B. Hinckley, okay? Many of you know this story about President Hinckley as he went and served. He's over in the British Isles and he's there during what he called the bottom of the Great Depression. He's there at a difficult time. The circumstances surrounding him, even getting there, were very, very difficult. And he's out there. Uh, he's preaching to people. He's homesick. He's physically sick. He 
has hay fever and he's having a rough time. And so nobody's listening to him. And so what does he do? He writes home to his father and he says, hey, I feel like I'm wasting money. I feel like I'm wasting time. He goes, it would be much better for me to just come home and you know move forward with my life. And his dad writes him a letter, one of the coolest letters ever, very simple. He says, dear Gordon, I have your letter. I have only one suggestion, forget yourself and go to work, okay? Now again, a bold statement, but it's a true statement. Now, President Hinckley later on said, the whole world changed, the fog lifted, the sun began to shine in my life. I had new interest. I saw the beauty of this land. I saw the greatness of the people. Everything that's happened to me since that's been good, I can trace to that decision made in that little house. You want to be happy? Forget yourself and get lost in this great cause and bend your efforts to helping people. Now, along those lines, Elder David A. Bednar gave a wonderful talk years ago called The Character of Christ. It's when he was at BYU-Idaho, and it was phenomenal, especially when you're thinking about this compassion of Jesus Christ at a time where he wants to be alone and be able to focus on himself and the healing process that comes from that. Look what Elder Bednar says. He says, perhaps the greatest indicator of character is the capacity to recognize and appropriately respond to other people who are experiencing the very challenge or adversity that is most immediately and forcefully pressing upon us. Character is revealed, for example, in the power to discern the suffering of other people when we ourselves are suffering, in the ability to detect the hunger of others when we are hungry. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. And in the power to reach out and extend compassion for the spiritual agony of others when we are in the midst of our own spiritual distress. Thus, character is demonstrated by looking and reaching outward when the natural and instinctive response is to be self-absorbed and to turn inward, which I'm not trying to say that Jesus is at all self-absorbed, but again, there's that powerful time to be able to mourn, but I think we can also take it to unhealthy levels when we start throwing our pity parties and things like that. So it says, if such a capacity is indeed the ultimate criterion of moral character, then the savior of the world is the perfect example of such a consistent and charitable character. You know, I think about, there's a, an inspirational message simply called Lift, where you've got a, a quorum of uh, high priests and elders back in the day, and what they did is there was a lady in their ward who needed to be able to be lifted. She, she was not able to walk, and so they had to go in and basically every night help put her to bed every night, and they took turns with that. And it was a burden. It was difficult for many of these men to do that, but as they did that, they found themselves. One of the men in this video, and I would recommend you watching this video, it's, it's about eight or nine minutes. We don't have time for it here, but watch it on your own. It's wonderful. One of the brethren here, he says, it's interesting the dichotomy between healing the body and healing the soul. When we heal the body, it's always an inward effort. We are always paying attention to ourself. When we heal the soul, turning inward doesn't work. The triage of the soul, meaning that seeing what needs the most attention in our lives, the triage of our soul is found in the turning outward to other people. In my notes in my scriptures, I have written down, when we hear bad news or we're having a hard time, our initial reaction is to withdraw ourselves apart from others to a desert place. While there is a time and a place for quiet pondering, the best medicine for healing our hard times is to help and heal others, which is what Jesus does with his compassion. And so I love that message to start off this week is to show the immediate compassion and the kindness of Jesus Christ, especially to a large multitude who is hungry. And we will talk more about them tomorrow. I love the messages taught here and I know it's true.
If you'd like to check out our video that goes with today's podcast, you can find us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook by simply searching Bomb Socks. That's B-O-M-S-O-C-K-S. And be sure to check out our amazingly comfortable gospel-themed socks at bombsocks.com. Thanks for listening, and hope you'll join us again for more episodes of Bomb Bites. Godspeed, and have a great day.